Folks, if we could just scoot around, there's some room over here on some couches on the side. Yeah, just think of this like the Hibs' basement. And just move forward, grab some chili, and keep moving. I'd like to welcome everyone one here today. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair. It's my honor to be able to deliver today's memorial address. We're going to start with something from the grandchildren. So today's service starts with a set of three readings, and I'd ask everybody just to start with, this is the theme, and I'd ask you to please say it with me. These are the famous words of Mother Teresa. We can do no great things. All we can do is small things with great love. We can do no great things. All we can do is small things with great love. And these readings all speak to that. The first is a story about a veteran, a warrior, healing, and learning about those small things. It's a story of a veteran by the name of Naaman, the Syrian army. This is a story written thousands of years ago, but it talks to small things. This is a man with a disease who then goes to see the prophet Elijah, and this is what Elisha says. Elisha sent out a servant to meet Naaman with this message. Go to the river, river Jordan, immerse yourself seven times. Your skin will be healed. You'll be as good as new. Naaman lost his temper. He turned on his heel saying, I thought he'd personally come out and meet me. Call in the name of God. Wave his hands over my disease. Get rid of it. The Damascus rivers are cleaner by far than any of the rivers in Israel. Why not bathe in them? I'd at least get clean. He stopped, stomped off mad. But his servants caught up with him and said, Father, if the prophet had asked you to do something hard and rope, wouldn't you have done it? So why not this simple thing? Just simple. Wash and be clean. So Naaman did it. He went down, immersed himself in the Jordan seven times, following the orders of the holy man. His skin was healed. It's like the skin of an infant. He was as good as new. And the second, Christ's words from Matthew 10. Take my yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest 
for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And in speaking of angels from the book Heaven and Hell, within every angel and with every one of us, there is something core which is God's divine love and God's divine life. It is from this core that God's divine life flows in and is God's dwelling place with us. The background for George's life as we speak to that George, Big G, Hobo, Big Kahuna, Captain, all these different names. Born to Sarah and Andrew Hibbs, February 15, 1943. Joined by his brother, Andrew John Hibbs. A beloved brother. Growing up in Philly, he married Joanne Moreno, October 25, 1973. As a Pittsburgh, I need to say, the Pirates won the World Series that year. The children, Alana George Hibbs Jr., Jennifer, Jody, Jeanette, and Joseph. Grandchildren, the light of his life, Amber, Alana, Jasmine, Austin, Bobby, Jada, Avery, Julia, Alexis, and Jordan. So a man who attended Lincoln High School, finishing his GED from the U.S. Army, Known throughout his life as an exceptionally hard worker, he worked both at a textile mill and then as a union painter. In his spare time, what did he enjoy? Watching football, hunting, and fishing. A vegetable garden and horseshoes. In time with many friends. His brother John, Rocky, Ray, Moyer, Loftus, Paul, Carl, Sean, and Richie. All were some of his closest friends. These set the place, but what about the man? Well, two things came forward very quickly about the man, about this song of his life, about the power of doing small things, small things, with great love. He was known in the neighborhood as a good neighbor, somebody who took care of those around him. And that was so readily apparent last night. There were a skazillion people here last night. And many of you join us today because that is a testimony to that idea of small things. His children talked about how many of them had friends who commented on how he was like a second dad to them. A second father. And more than once the comment was heard, I wish that your dad was my dad. And it appears to have been based on very simple commitments. Two very simple commitments that came into an open door policy. And I'd ask you to think of these commitments. Commitment is an, is an action, not an emotion. But here are these two basic commitments. Always food on your plate. Always a pillow to put your head on. Of course, that was commitments were not without a hard side. This was a man who was a fighter. This was a man who had rough edges. This was a man not given to tears, but given to saying, I am fine. And even though he struggled maybe at times with articulating thoughts and feelings, as many of us do, there was clearly a deep, soft side. Love expressed, as his children said, and I love this phrase, not always straight, not always direct, 
but in a circular way where if you looked for it, you could see it, and you could see it in abundance, experienced in many different ways. One daughter talked of a phone call to her father, Dad, could you come and paint this restaurant? And he did. Not in a week, not in two weeks, not in a month, not in I will get to it eventually, but that night, a painting all-nighter. Another talked of his generosity with shoes, shoes, and more shoes. And the beauty of that. And one of my favorite stories of small things deals with Frosted Flakes. And this Frosted Flakes story is a beautiful one. Uh, one of his daughters poured Frosted Flakes for her daughter, and, and, and his, her daughter said, you don't make them the way Pop-Pop does. Well, how different can you make Frosted Flakes? Well, this is how you can make them different. You can get a spoon, and you can crunch them down into smaller little pieces. That was Pop-Pop's special love. That was that circular way of saying, I'm absolutely crazy about you. And I am here for you. There's also memories of silly games, nicknames, as well as three Stooger-esque gags. Blowing up his stomach, yanking himself from one room into the other, and numerous times people talked about eggs being cracked on top of their heads. Those beautiful examples of a soft side. A heart that if you could look at it, you could see, sense, feel, understand that love. So what will it be like for him? What will heaven be like for him? His obituary ended with beautiful words of now the angels will welcome him. And I think that is exactly what happens. That is what we know happens. Those who have gone before welcome us, awaken us into a new life, into heaven. And we need to understand that the seeds of heaven were the seeds that he planted here. Those little things that he will come home to more and more. Where he will learn to be more and more himself. The words of Martha Graham. The athletes, the athletes of God wrestled and grew strong. They chose and they acted. That is what we are all becoming. Because this life is a wrestling. And it is our way home. And we become like that athlete of God where we can just act into who we truly are. No more circles, a much straighter path. That time, that true self, at times can be very deep. At times sheltered, at times covered because we hold it in such a vulnerable way. And that is the way unconditional love is. When we have a very loving heart, we oftentimes do try to protect it. And, as well, we work to share it. And just imagine the relief for him as he comes into that more and more and more. Where all those things that he loved the most, he gets to do more and more. And for those of you, his family, he'll be with you. He'll be with you. Chili will appear out of nowhere. There'll be a thought, there'll be a song, there'll be a smell, there'll be something. There'll be these little tiny whispers as he becomes an angel. Because do you know what the word angel means? Messenger. And you'll feel his presence. 
You'll feel it around because it is what he would want to continue to be with you as you grow more and more into your life, finding your way home. And it's easy to think, as, as, as it's said in the story of Naaman, that God asks us for heroic tasks. And maybe for some of us he does, but I don't think that many. I think what God really asks for are those little things, those little things done with great love. And what heaven offers then is not a burden, but that, but that gentle yoke, that yoke, that hardworking part that continue to come more and more to life. I mean, just imagine with George, that part of him that just simply knew this, that we need to drop anything to help each other. Imagine that coming more to more to life. That presence coming more to more in life. And joining others as well in that journey. In that sense of teamwork, because that's what heaven is. It's a collection. It's a grouping. It's us together, working towards purposes higher than ourselves, giving ourselves over to the magical work of love. So yes, we will miss George. We'll miss some of his quirks, silly nicknames, Daddy's Little Girl, Smurfette, Charmin, The Tank. We will miss those little nicknames, those little things. We'll miss even photos put in Ziploc bags. We'll miss cardboard cut out in the refrigerator, cardboard for everything. And we'll miss the bigger things as well. We'll miss the open door policy, though something tells me that legacy will carry on. We'll miss that work ethic. We'll miss his voice. We'll miss his hugs. We will miss him speaking unconditional love through his grandchildren. And we can honor that memory, that staying together, remembering all we do can come from that deep place of love. And at times like this, I feel that these are those threshold moments in life. Those threshold moments. What happens in a threshold moment is this. In a, in a threshold moment, we, we, we understand that a whole lot less means anything, but what means something means a whole lot more. Family. Connection. Community. And what happens, I think, in the greatest of threshold wisdom is this. As we understand this greatest of truth, that God is constantly whispering in us in our ear and asking us to live into. And that is this. That we belong. That we belong to each other. That our job is to take that legacy and live that on, understanding how precious, how short life is. The impact we can have on each other, oftentimes just by the little things that we do. Those are the powers, that is the leverage that actually changes the world. And we can take on from here today George's legacy of those little things. Those little things done with great love. Will you see George again? Yes. You will see him again. Not sure how he'll make himself present to you when it's your turn to go home. 
Maybe it'll be walking up behind. I, I think of the little mischievous part of it. Maybe it'll be walking up behind and cracking an egg on your head. Maybe it will be with food. Maybe it will be just with simple open arms. And what a beautiful thing that will be as life continues. So let's go forth from this place today. Remembering how much we belong to each other. Remembering the connections, remembering the small things that actually, the small things that actually are the cement of life. Let's do more of that. Let's live that legacy moving forward. Mother Teresa's words. We can do no great things. All we can do is small things with great love. In the closing words before prayer, from his son. Just sitting here thinking about my dad and how awesome he was. He took any one of my friends in and made sure they had a pillow to put their head on or a hot plate of food, and he took care of them. He also did everything for me. Made my breakfast if I wanted it, or did unexpected things for my friends. And he never turned his back on me when things didn't go right with me. He was a one-of-a-kind man. Going to miss the fill-in-the-blank out of him. But he is in a better place now. Pain-free, not struggling. He lived his life to the fullest. Love you, Dad. And all my friends appreciate everything you did. And loved you also. Amen. I'd ask you now to please join me in prayer. Our family wants to hold hands as part of this. And then I'll offer a blessing. Lord, let George feel in some way how much, how much he meant in our lives. Those small things, Lord, those small things done with great love, Lord, stir in his heart a warm memory from us of what those meant in our lives. And Lord, let him know as well. We gather here missing him terribly. His presence, his voice, his hugs, his nicknames, his quirks, his qualities, we miss that, Lord. And we celebrate as well. We celebrate a life. A life in this world, Lord, and allow him to find his way more and more home, Lord. Allow our hearts to dwell with him and for his hearts to dwell with us. Bless his journey. On behalf of the congregation here, Lord, also breathe healing into a family. A family dealing with loss, Lord, and allow them to feel your light, your caring, your care, your concern, your tears as you grieve this loss right along with us. And be with us, Lord. Help us to continue to give life a good squeeze. To see life as precious. To see how much, in the end, we truly do belong to each other. Let us live, create, be into that world. A world which George would smile on. 
final blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and bring you peace. Amen. Amen. That concludes today's memorial service. Now at this time I'd ask everyone please to step forward. Pay your final respects please, then you can go directly out to your